welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Pete the Retailer from StarWarsMinute.com. I'm John Engel from the Alien Minute podcast. Yeah, welcome, welcome back, John. I don't really Thanks. have to welcome you back. It's both of us doing this, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're back. We're back here in the best minutes of our lives uh, with episode and minute number twenty-seven. It's uh, twenty-seven starts with uh, the whole human race has got to find a way to live together, and it ends with we used to read about him in Stars and Stripes. Yeah. Uh, so we're right in the middle of Rob's explanation of uh, nuclear. Well, what does he say exactly? I can't remember. He's basically yeah. giving, describing, casually describing the horrors of nuclear war. Yeah, and he's saying it basically again, going back to what you were talking about with uh, he's getting some liberal education in that his teacher is saying, well, if we don't all learn to find a way to live together, uh, it's like we all we all have to got to find a way to live together, or and they both they, they leave this unsaid or. Um, because he, he, you know, he's been asking about. He's um, like, "Oh, you were in Hiroshima, right? Did you see any like? Did you see the effects of the uh, atomic blast on the on the the people there? You know, and he, and he, and that. So he's interested in that, and then also, but has been told like, well, you know, if we don't find a way for everybody to basically, if we don't enact world peace, then uh, everybody's going to be exploded uh, with nuclear weapons." Yeah. Now, why do you think um, Al didn't see any effects of radiation? I mean, so if he was there after the bomb, do you think he's just so, you got to wonder, he's in the Pacific Theater. He's an infantry sergeant in the Pacific Theater. Mm-hmm. He's probably just seen so much awful yeah. stuff at that point that even that's not going to, I mean, I think he was pretty desensitized. I mean, I'm kind of speculating because there's really no evidence of any of this mm-hmm. in the text of the movie but when you think about what we know now about the details of uh iwo jima and Mm. and so on you know some of those battles were the just unbelievable not only atrocities were committed along the just the horrible massacre what occurred and the things that they had to see i just kind of wondered by then he was like "Eh, i just don't even notice that kind of stuff anymore i don't know if that's what's being indicated here I know Weiler was a veteran of sorts. He was, you know, in the um, in the film department for the Air mm-hmm. Force and uh, flew a lot of missions. Now, he wasn't like George Stevens, for example, who I th- believe they were friends, who was an infantryman and actually saw, uh, I believe it was Auschwitz. I believe he went to, was part of the group that, one of the first groups at Auschwitz. And really saw, and he had a serious trauma, like PTSD issues from that. I don't know if Weiler maybe tap was tapping into a little bit of what he knows from other people about that or his own traumatic experiences there. But I don't know. I just wonder why he's like, no, he's just so quick to say, no, I didn't notice. And I'm wondering what's trying to be communicated by the fact that he didn't notice. Cause well, I would think he would at least have said, seen something. I think, well, maybe unless he, well, it depends on what, he's talking about because i i would think um rob isn't right the, the son is rob mm-hmm. um is more i think he's more kind of getting at you know essentially uh lingering effects of radiation maybe 
yeah, and, maybe and so he's yeah. he's looking at it from the, like the science aspect and like oh you know people have been you know mutated and um whereas or and possibly even like a science fiction element of it um whereas you know maybe when when they were uh going through the actual army was going through and it was just looking at the immediate aftermath where it's just like no everything was just blown to bits Mm -hmm. and then you know you wouldn't later you would have people kind of coming back and being around and and um um i don't know i'm i'm giving them the benefit of that out on that one but or yeah i'm probably right he could just be like you know uh, what's the song drive on (laughs) you know yeah i don't know i i maybe i'm assuming the you know the things that we've seen of you know p- the print of a person's clothing being tattooed on their body basically right. afterwards and things like that maybe th- that wasn't just out there to be seen you know right. maybe yeah. i'm just ex- assuming too much about what they was was visible to people but you're right i think you're right you're making a point too though i mean it could go both ways rob rob is an understanding that when you're an infantryman you're not scientifically curious and asking everyone questions about them about the effects of radiation it's you're there doing a job and trying to do probably as little as you can like in dealing with this horrific things you know like you don't want to have to um interact with the atrocity of dropping a nuclear bomb right uh and in his mind it was probably i mean i assume people realized it was the end of the war it's like this this is terrible but it's time to go home now so yeah uh, from the point of view of someone who was going through the war, I guess that it's all about your mindset. You know, think terrible things could be happening around you, but if your if your eyes are on the prize, as in yeah. getting home, maybe you just it's don't like notice. Nobody nobody can tell you what they learned in the last week of school because it was you know, right? It, it's not, and I'm not comparing horrible not, not to, yes. to yeah. <laughs> say, the last week please, of school. Let's not reduce Hiroshima to the last week of school. Yes. Um, not that we shouldn't be laughing. Sorry, I'm laughing about that. No, no, I, 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 um, I agree. But I mean, for the people, you know, for the the soldiers there, you know, knowing that it's all right, this is the end, we won, having a little, you know, I'm sure to them, especially being in that mindset that you have to be in that kind of you know, war situation. It's like, okay, enemy defeated, we won. Right. Um. So. I just, yeah. you know, we, we kind of get to the end of their conversation here and this is sort of the end of their relationship in the movie hmm. I, I i think there there might be something to be said about the fact that we're kind of just seeing that this father and son don't have anything in common yeah and 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 he seems to have more of a connection with his daughter as we're gonna see um as this minute begins uh there's a lot more love and affection there and i think naturally physical affection is going to be uh, on display more in a movie of this era with with the daughter than the son mm-hmm. but there really just isn't anything between the father and son yeah. and it leaves you cold you want to think it's father and son reunion here um there's got to be some warmth warmth to it but he doesn't even you know getting a little ahead but he doesn't even remember to pick up the souvenirs there just isn't anything between these two guys it's a little bit sad and yeah 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 i i um you know uh, it's going back to yesterday's theme or, or, you know, minute theme from minute 26 was, you know, your kids kind of being different than you and that kind of not connecting on that level. Um, lots of, you know, something that we all, I, I love, uh, uh, my, f- my friend Chris Radke has a uh, great story of being, I don't, I don't know if they were at Disneyland or something like that. 
and uh, I think they might have been on you know online for Star Tours or something. So something where it was in or some kind of theme park, and the the kids in front of them. There's you know some some um, maybe early teen tween kids in front of uh, tween boys or something in front of them, and they're talking about something that happened in in uh, Star Wars, you know, the Clone Wars. And, you know, Radke being a dad in his 40s, um, just, you know, pops his head in and is just like, you know what? Like, and, and starts talking to them about it. And it just <laughs> gets this look of, like, astonishment from the parents of, the, of the, the tween boy in front of them. And it's just like, the father's just like, you understand what he's talking about? Like this, like, <laughs> uh, like right. a- as if, you know, he had been, you know, speaking a foreign language this whole time. And, and then in walks somebody else who speaks that language that, uh, you know, that... He, he had just kind of had no common ground with his son when it came to this thing. And then here comes this right. other dad just stepping in to be like, well, Ezra did this. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> you understand what he's talking about? Like, and, right. and just that disconnect, you know, and, and, you know, for the most part, I think, uh, you know, so far I haven't, as far as I know, I haven't had that with my kids, but it's a, that's a fear to, you know, deep down inside the being that like, Hey, this is what I'm really into, or this is what you're really into and we can bond over, but not having that connection there with it. Yeah. I mean, my, you know, my son and I, it's just a nonstop geek fest, you know, we're right. Yeah. We enjoy all the same stuff and he's eight, you know? Um, and, and yeah, yeah. Then you'll meet someone who is like, what? You you know all about that? And you're like, in my mind, I'm like, well, what is it you do with your time? And, the, you know, they're probably like, I know how to fix a car or something. <laughs> and they're like, oh, right. right There's yeah. real life stuff that I could be paying attention to, I guess. <laughs> but I don't want to. So no. I, I like having this connection with my kid. It's a blast. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there is some fear of that, though. I think about it all the time as he gets older. I say to myself, you know, well, what is going to happen when he turns 12 or 13 and he starts saying no to this stuff? Um, not that it, you know, or no to a connection with dad in general. Right. I, I need to separate myself. We've been so close for so long. Now I need this independence and I'm going to be left with all the action figures. You know, I guess that <laughs> won't be too bad. Yeah, but, could uh, be worse, but... <laughs> at least I have something to do. Well, and that's the, you know, I think being more... Um, not that I know this is going to sound like oh, we're so much better than our ancestors, but being a little more, let's say, being less pigeonholed, and mm-hmm. and which is something I did, you know, got that from my dad, who was totally a car guy, but also a Star Trek guy, and so being able to kind of have those little, you know, dab, you know, feet all over the place, so it's not just like, well, here I am, you know, like the football guy. Therefore, if my son doesn't like football, I don't even know what to talk to him about. And it's like, you know, right. I feel like you, you and I, at least, you know, and a lot of people I think of our parents of our generation are more like, well, yeah, I like football and Star Trek and, you know, computers <laughs> and all this other stuff. And it's like, all right, well, right. There, there's no polar opposites anymore. So it's all over the place. But that also brings up that makes it like, well, where are they going to go to rebel if we like all the stuff? Yeah, that's true. I guess we'll find. Well, out. then it's a uh, uh, Doug and Dad, right? Uh, is that the right names from what was that from the um, the state? I'm Doug and your dad. The oh, dad's right. just like <laughs> into every single thing that the kid is, and all he could do is just like irrationally rebel. <laughs> it's, it's nowhere to go. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
but the, but the idea, you know, to bring it back to the movie, the idea of having this connection with your son, your kids in general, uh, that, that's where the, that's a fear that we're seeing in, in Al yeah. here. Uh, something we're learning. There's a lot of fears that are coming out in him through uh, or a lot of things that he's afraid of that we're learning about him as these minutes go on. He seemed kind of like a laid back, affable guy, a little hesitant to go home. Everybody was. Mm -hmm. They're all a little nervous about it uh, earlier in the film. But here he's home. And I think the I think the number one thing I take away from this, you know, and maybe I could have saved it to the last minute is there's this uh, inevitable disappointment. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just was there any way that this homecoming could ever be what he imagined every day that he was overseas and i just think that's i think that's what we're trying that's what weiler's trying to convey through these uh this scene or these many scenes that we're getting through um our week here is that he's kind of re has to resign in himself to the fact that this this just isn't what i wanted it to be and as we'll get to the end of the week we'll see how he starts to deal with that Right. Yeah, it's um um I had well so this ties in with the I had the the theme for this episode being science and being not knowing um you know like kind of the new knowledge uh, you know kind of that's that's a fear the fear behind this that's something as you get older mm -hmm. and you know like they're, they're you know I've had some really frustrating conversations with uh um, you know, my mom, who who is pretty, you know, smart and hip and uh, well, I'm not sure she is hip now, but she was smart and hip for a long time. And, and just the instant fear that pops up anytime I try to talk her through any kind of technological setup or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like, oh, I don't understand, like not even having a foothold in this and being afraid of that new new developments. And that's that's kind of what's uh, what the theme is, I think. That I'm drawing on from here. It's kind of a carryover from the same scene, of course, from yes, from yesterday, from the last episode. But um, it's another another fear as we get older, change, and science, and uh, which led to two. There's two two almost quotes in this episode. Science reminds me of one of them because it does like, almost say like all oh, this science I don't understand. <laughs> um, and uh, he's completely blinded by science here. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. Uh but then also uh, early on when, when uh, Rob's asking about stuff and he said, I've seen nothing. Uh, I really almost in my head, I was expecting him to say like, I've seen nothing make me believe there's one all powerful force controlling everything. Right. And was it's, I disappointed that he didn't say that? Probably not. It would, it would make it a weird movie. <laughs> no, it would have been a very strange choice, Yeah, but it is a choice. Like I, I wanted to bring up that line too, because it's an interesting thing to say in this movie where, um, I mean, I I would guess the general assumption would be, oh, well, the, everybody who stayed at home didn't, doesn't know anything about the right. war. Wherein the person that was in the war probably feels like they couldn't see the forest for the trees, right? So there's all this bigger scope perspective back home. Now, whether some of it was accurate or not, who knows? But he's hearing these details. It never occurred to him overseas and he's saying i i didn't see anything right. well i mean he obviously did i mean it's a, it's very interesting there's an irony to the line but i think it's creating again we have this juxtaposition of the people that um that were left the people that were stayed at home and the people 
that went overseas. And this is one of the few times in the whole movie where we get kind of a positive look at the people who stayed home. A lot of times, the rest of the movie, uh, the people that were um, that were home during the war are not seen in such a positive light. They're kind right. of antagonists to our uh, our veterans. So it's nice to see this is, you know, we get, then Teresa Wright comes in. Teresa Wright, who I love. She's like one of my all-time TCM crushes, you know. Mm, yeah. uh, she comes in and, um, and well, Myrna Loy comes in first, another one. And they both come <laughs> in and they they change the whole dynamic. I think mom, I think mom kind of sees the discomfort. I, I get the idea mom kind of sees the discomfort of the situation. And, and then I think uh, daughter picks up on it. I'm forgetting the daughter's name now. Um, uh, Teresa Wright. She picks yeah, up on the, um, she picks up a little bit on the tension and breaks it up, but she also knows mom and dad need some time alone, but first she's going to get, she's going to be daughterly, perfect daughterly companion yeah, or companion is not the right word. Um, uh, just perfect daughter to dad in this moment. And, um, well, first of all, I guess I'm skipping over the one big part. She's washed the dishes and he's shocked to hear oh, yeah. his daughter has had to wash the dishes, which <laughs> gives you a real idea of what things were like before the war. They had a they had a domestic in the house at all times. Right. And I guess I guess he probably realizes the financial situation wasn't ideal for that while he was gone, but it wouldn't have occurred to him. And it also demonstrates the lack of communication during the war. Nowadays we'd be zooming right, through yeah. World War II. I guess uh, then to... they couldn't even tell them that they let the maid go three years ago. Well, it wasn't <laughs> important enough to get into a letter, I guess. It was like, you've got other guess... things to worry about. We're not going to tell you. Yeah, maybe. But uh, the funniest thing about this to me is she washed the dishes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's going on around here? She's like, she even took a domestic science class. <laughs> that's yeah. A, that's the... Well, if we're not going to have a maid, I better go back to college. <laughs> to learn how to wash dishes. <laughs> yes. And well, she got a cookbook, too. Right, right. So there was more to it than that. But uh, I just think it's there's little things in this movie um, that really – this movie, more than a lot of movies of the period, immerses us in what life was like back then, I've noticed. Mm. Because a lot of what this movie and why it's almost three hours long is because it spends so much time kind of kind of delving into the domestic lives of these people. Like later it becomes a real problem for a character that they can't button a pajama shirt. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, that's you could just wear a pajama shirt, you know? <laughs> but in this case, it's like this idea that you take domestic science classes to learn how to take care of your house. Like, man, I just started right. I just got an apartment, started washing dishes, you yeah. know. Anyway. They, they don't even, I mean, I feel like there was still lingering home ec class every once in a while when I was in school. But Oh, I took them in high school. Yeah. I, I, I never did, and I don't know if they'd even have easy them anymore. A. It was um, an easy A. That's why we took them. Mm. You know, but the idea, it's just a matter, I think this is just a demonstration of privilege, right? Right. Like, uh, c- certainly Dana Andrews' mom or stepmom that we met last week, she didn't take any domestic I mean, you kind of tell by the house, too. Right, yeah. But, but you know, this is a matter of I literally did not learn how to wash a dish my entire life into adulthood. I mm-hmm. guess I better have to, I better take a class. I guess that's their <laughs> answer to it. Uh, it. It's interesting, but it kind of cracks me up a little bit when she says that. Yeah, and, uh, oh, it's Peggy. Peggy, thank you. I just and couldn't Peggy. think of that. Um, well, and that goes, but 
yeah also the way that they talk about like oh we let the maid go she like ran off one day they make it sound like a like the maid was a dog almost yeah um we won't go into that too far no um i just realized why we shouldn't because i was not picturing that and uh, now realizing well oh when you mean a maid they probably at this juncture yeah i got it but i don't Um, think that's really what they meant (laughs) no 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 (laughs) um um, so, but yeah, that's. Uh, did you have anything else for for twenty seven? No, I can. I have one more thing, but it can definitely carry over to tomorrow. So let's right. just move on to tomorrow. All right, let's move it on to tomorrow uh, because you know what, we will be uh, back again tomorrow. If you like this show and you want to listen to uh, all the episodes of the show, you can find the Best Minute Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. dot uh, com. If you want to. Follow along on social media. You can go to Butch's Place, the Best Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe on Facebook, or go to Twitter and find it at The Best Minutes. And uh, other than that, it's going to be John and I back here again tomorrow for a new episode. Please join us next time here on The Best Minutes Podcast. Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.